Hello and welcome to Press Any Button. I'm Eric. I'm Nikki. Wait, Nikki, did you just hear that? What? Oh God, where is she? Where is she? Okay, now that I'm sufficiently freaked out, all right. Uh, maybe we could get this episode started. So if you haven't guessed it, we're talking about The Evil Within 2, which is a survival horror game developed by Tango Gameworks and published by Bethesda Software for PlayStation 4, Windows, and Xbox One. It was released worldwide in October 2017 and is the sequel to 2014's The Evil Within, which we have an episode about already. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode first, you could do that if you so choose. Yeah. With uh, our buddy Ibanez. And uh, I'll go ahead and put the spoiler warning on here, too. In my right. opinion, the story is not the best part of the game, but... Uh, we're going to be talking about it. Yeah, we're going to be talking about it. We're, and all the bosses and stuff. The crazy events, the endings, the surprise mm-hmm. twists. There aren't really any surprise twists, would you say? Mm, not really. Yeah, not really. But yeah, are you ready I'm, to get into it? I'm stoked. Yeah. Let's do it. she's gone I, I i don't know let me oh, uh God. let me check around real quick <laughs> oh no <laughs> all right so hopefully we can make it through the episode without her sucking our soul <laughs> god <laughs> oh man all right so to start off with the history for this game Obviously, The Evil Within, the original game, came out October 2014 and did well enough where they wanted to make a sequel. (laughs) So pretty much right after they released the DLC for the original The Evil Within, they started working on The Evil Within 2 right after that, which was March 2015. So no breaks. Like you did the first game, you got to do a second game. Yeah. That's why I was like, they did make a comment that it did well enough to warrant a sequel. But honestly, they didn't really wait that long to decide that. I mean, I guess the sales were really good right off the bat. So they were like, yeah, we'll go ahead and make a sequel. But it kind of seemed like they already had a sequel planned anyways. Yeah. um, Just by how quickly they started working on it. Yeah, and I can kind of see how story-wise they would already have written in the possibility for a sequel. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. For this sequel, the original director, Shinji Mikami, he stepped down and became the main producer and supervised the game's development overall. He originally was the director of the main game to get funding because he's a well-known person in the gaming industry. Yeah. But... One of his things that he was passionate about was giving new and upcoming game developers and gaming folk the chance to do their first game. So he kind of stepped more into the background, let the young kids take over the uh, direction and design of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So the director of The Evil Within 2, his name is John Johannes. 
He actually started out as a level designer for the Evil Within game. And I think he moved up to maybe something a little higher than that. I forgot the actual title that he was. But he pretty much started with this company and like worked his way up. Does that name sound familiar to you at all? No. <laughs> but should it? <laughs> well, he actually directed the new game that you got not too long ago called Hi-Fi Rush. Oh, okay, yeah. Totally different yeah, like, like. <laughs> style of game and like everything. But yeah, true. he's the main director for that game too, which has done really well so far. Cool. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, it's cool that like... Yeah, that game is a music rhythm game yeah, and rhythm. not scary at all. <laughs> yeah, platformer, kind of a fun story. Yeah, yeah totally different so, type of game. Yeah, kind of interesting the direction he went. Maybe he like had too many nightmares <laughs> from <doing laughs> scary games. And he was like, I got to do something different, you guys. Something colorful and fun. <laughs> like, I'm tired of this palette. <laughs> yeah. Um, they actually brought on two different main writers for this game as well. Saoji Ishiman and Trent Haga. Hopefully I didn't butcher those names too bad. But one of their main objectives was to make the story of this game a little bit easier to follow and comprehend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, one of the major complaints for the first game was that the plot got a little too complicated. The plot made no sense. Yeah, and by the end, people were just like, what is happening? <laughs> So I think they accomplished that <laughs> yeah. for sure. I mean, the story was definitely more straightforward. Whether that, in fact, made it better is debatable. That's true, true. And then another one of their objectives uh, for this story was to also kind of like amp up the psychological horror aspect. Mm. Um, That's why they brought in the psychologist. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they wanted like the story to feel more personal yeah. than the first one. So uh, do you think they did those things? Yeah, adding the psychologist for the psycho horror element. And then, you know... All Who's the there for like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the personal Sebastian stuff. I get yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Makes sense. Um, I do think the bosses and the main villains in this game are like... They're more psychological thriller bosses. They're not like beefed up, muscular, scary, like physically scary looking bosses or villains, you know? I mean, the one lady with the multiple heads in the chainsaw. Okay, but I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, the first two. <laughs> oh, I mean, the, like the main villains. Oh, you know, the, the main, photographer. Yeah, the main bosses know? being actual people that aren't like kind of deformed monsters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. But yeah. yeah, there's still the crazy monsters within the game, though. Too. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's tons of them in this game, as you would expect. <laughs> yeah. So a funny thing that happened with uh, the announcement of The Evil Within 2 was it kind of got leaked out on accident via a job posting. <laughs> so I guess the company in Japan, they posted a job for a bug reporter tester on psycho break 2 which psycho break is what evil within is called in japan so immediately that leaked out online and people were like oh shit that's, that's <laughs> evil within too so that if they're hiring people to work on the game 
then they, you know, it's going to be coming out yeah, of the new game. They're making another game. Okay. So that was March 2017. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of a funny way. Maybe they did it on purpose, you know, maybe they didn't. But if they did it, that's kind of hilarious that they just accidentally forgot to like take out the name of the game. <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, they could have just put in generic. Exactly. Well, even if they said generic horror game, I mean, it's going to be pretty obvious. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, true. So. But the game was officially announced at Bethesda's Electronic Entertainment Expo in 2017 at an official press conference. <laughs> so boring, right? Yeah, <laughs> lame. One of the main big changes between the original game and then the sequel is the software that they used to run on it. For Evil Within 2, ID Tech actually custom developed a software specifically for this game yeah so like the physics engine Mm -hmm. yeah and it's called stem engine which you see like when you open the game it's like a part of the logos that pop up yeah and they also use the logo and stem like the t is also kind of like the mark that they put on like the safe doors you know mm-hmm. when you enter a safe room you know how it's like that bloody mark yeah and it's like a t that you kind of use that same t in oh, their okay. logo yeah which I, I don't know that was cool but f- so for the Fun evil fact. within one it ran on id's software's id tech 5 engine and this one runs on stem engine so i thought it was cool that they kind of made their whole new you know, thing whole, whole just new for engine the game. for it. Wow, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. So I guess they decided the first one wasn't adequate for doing all the stuff they wanted to do. Yeah. Another main thing they changed is you know the first one kind of had that like cinematic movie look where yeah. you, know, you have the black on the top and the bottom of the screen, and they got rid of that in this one as well. It looked cool, but I guess it didn't function as well. But after you beat the game. I think you can turn that on. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, why so, not just put that in the regular options to have that? I don't know. It's it? not that special of <laughs> yeah. a thing to unlock. It's like, yeah, I want to replay the game, but with the cinematic bars or something kind of blocking the top and bottom of the screen. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> so, The Evil Within 2 was released October 13th, 2017, which was a Friday the 13th. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, like you said, PlayStation, Xbox One, and Windows. And yeah, that's that. Cool. Yeah. It did really well, just like ratings-wise, review-wise. Uh, it, it won some awards and stuff. So, so I think it was received pretty well. Nikki, if it did so well, why isn't there an Evil Within 3? Uh, I don't know. Honestly... I think they could do another one, but like maybe it doesn't need to be about Sebastian. Maybe it's time to move on to someone else's story. <laughs> what? Not you know? have Sebastian? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm just saying. Maybe we get a <laughs> one from Lily next. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you know that little girl's got to be messed she's, up. <laughs> she's, just, she's traumatized enough, Nikki. <laughs> yeah. All right. You got fun facts? I do have some fun facts. Nice. So fun fact number one, the burning newspaper at the beginning of the game is seemingly based on what appears to be an early version of the original script for Evil Within. So it mentions Sebastian obtaining his knife from a corpse and a chainsaw wielding enemy. Oh. 
Yeah. So if you look closely, you can kind of see some stuff. It's 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 hard to read, really. Like it's not super clear, but you can <laughs> see some of the words. So like what they're saying, I think is true. But obviously, you can't read like every word that's on the newspaper. But I thought that was kind of neat. As it's burning up, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're not going to be able to see much or read much. So you'd really have to catch that. Yeah. Catch that soon. That's cool. Fun fact number two, there are eight Bethesda-themed Easter egg items that you can find. Yeah, I found Did you find some them? of them. <laughs> I found like maybe five of them, I think. I think I eventually, over all the games I played, I got them all, but I was also, I looked them up. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah. So you've got Panzerhund, which is from Wolfenstein. I think that is like the gun thing <laughs> <laughs> you've got rocket launcher the, the, which wait, is wait. quake okay so that's quake so we have wolfenstein quake you got a corvo's mask from dishonored are, uh, are these all, all bethesda games yeah bobblehead from fallout uh okay, yeah doom guy from doom Elder Scrolls logo. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think of like Wolfenstein and Doom. I'm thinking of the old versions. I guess they had new versions of games. And I guess the newer games were Bethesda. Mm -hmm. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, so you have the Elder Scrolls logo. And then Keeper Bobblehead from the original Evil Within. Cool. And then a mug from Prey. It has the Prey like logo on it, I guess. Uh, The coffee mug. Never played Prey. Yeah. But yeah, I thought those were all kind of fun, especially when I found the Fallout like bobblehead. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. And then yeah. I was like, what is this? Like, can I use it? And I looked it up. And I'm like, oh God, there's like Easter eggs. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. But yeah, there's eight of them. So I don't think I ever saw the Keeper bobblehead. I don't think I ever got that one. Yeah, I didn't either. I missed. Uh, well, it's not until chapter twelve, so yeah, I missed like I missed again, like the but... whole second half of those. Yeah, <laughs> I got like the first four or something. <laughs> Fun fact number three: at the start of chapter seven, after destroying two of Stefano's paintings, Sebastian can backtrack to O'Neill's safe house and trigger a secret conversation with him, featuring the following pun: O'Neill. I told you I wasn't going to leave this place. It's fucking evil out there. Sebastian, that may be, but there's evil within, too. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Wow, okay. I mean, that line fits in so well with the rest of the dialogue in the game. (laughs) I love it. Like, I kind of want to just go replay the game just to, like, unlock all these random things. Um, Sebastian has some <laughs> cheesy lines yeah. at some point. But yeah, it's it's great. It's uh, it works. It works. And final fun fact, fun fact number four: After obtaining all ability upgrades, Tatiana will congratulate the player by donning a party hat and blowing a party horn as fireworks explode in the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I didn't know it was going to happen, or I would have like recorded it or something. But yeah, yeah, that was cool. Very unexpected. I love like how sarcastic that character is and yeah just i don't know she cracks me up she's great all right so eric shall we get into the story a little bit yeah let's talk about the story so it's great 
crazy. It's but not as crazy as the first one. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty straightforward though, since they fixed that issue with this, you know, first one being too complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, know. maybe it's a little too straightforward this yeah. time. So yeah, we start off. Uh, Sebastian is sad. Yeah, he's drinking at a bar uh, and drinking his problems away. Nobody believed him about mm-hmm. the events of the first game. Nobody. And he's still haunted by them. Mobius, the big evil corporation that made the brain machine thingy, is uh, too powerful and too shadowy to be discovered. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, what are you going to do? He's talking to psychologists. He's drinking at the bar. He just has all these sadness issues. Yeah. It's maybe he has sadness within. <laughs> they should have <laughs> called the game the sadness within, <laughs> within Sebastian. Then everything gets turned upside down. Yeah, so then Julie Kidman from the first game, mm-hmm. still working for Mobius, Skank. just waltzes into the bar and tells them that not only did Mobius like kidnap his daughter Lily and that she's mm-hmm. not actually dead, that they used her as the core of their brain machine because I guess she's so pure and innocent. <laughs> They're yeah. like the the first one, you know, they used the uh, the murderer guy as mm-hmm. brain. They're like, okay, if we use the innocent pure child brain yeah then there won't be any crazy monsters yeah but they kind of just copy like monsters inc you know it's like the screams are good but the laughs are better you know this evil murder guy he was okay but this innocent little pure child she's way more powerful <laughs> yeah yeah so she was gonna, totally the same. yeah they were like they're just like saying how stable she was she's like oh yeah most stable core ever but then of course everything went wrong and now that they're monsters and so sebastian you know he doesn't really like the fact that his daughter oh, was kidnapped he, he also by them. thought this whole time he thought his daughter died in a fire yeah so in case you were wondering yeah. that's an important thing because he you know he thinks yeah. he thought one thing and then she's like haha no that's all wrong you're stupid <laughs> yeah okay anyway so they get sebastian to calm down by drugging him and just taking him anyway yeah, they drug him. They put him in the ice bath, the bathtub, or whatever. The weird way of getting into this brain machine. It's weird how, like, in some ways, like, some people are just who are near the brain machine get pulled into it, but in other ways, you have to be like in a bathtub and covered in ice yeah, to get into it. No question. I don't understand the multiple ways into the brain machine. Yeah, but there are multiple ways into it. But he's going bathtub ice because they're serious. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you get into uh, the, the town, which is uh, called Union. And, of course, it, it's it's crazy. You know, there are monsters everywhere. Some of the parts of the city are, like, upside down in the sky. Mm-hmm. It's a, Yeah, it's, like, fractioned off. Yeah, it's actually kind of a cool effect that you can kind of, like, look up and see parts of the town. And you can still go to those parts of town, but, yeah. It, through a computer. Yeah, through a computer. It's from, like, 1998. <laughs> yeah, from a 1998 Packard Bell. You can make it in. Um, <laughs> first evil person you meet is Stefano Valentini. And it turns he's out... He's an artiste. He's a very serious artist. And his art... And photographer. Is like super messed up art. Is like he'll do these freeze frame loop things like right as he kills somebody. And he'll just have it like loop over and over. like Yeah, die. so their blood will just be like squirting out. Yeah. It does look pretty cool Yeah, though. no, I mean, he's a great artist. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate it's his work. Messed up. <laughs> really messed up work. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, he kidnaps your daughter. Well, you get through the town, you learn that he's kidnapped your daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, wants to use her to control everything, so he can make 
amazing art. Because That's the same. Everyone wants Lily. He's so good at art. So, you know, you're going to create all sorts of it. <laughs> so you do a bunch of stuff. You track him down to the theater. There's a cool scene where he has a bunch of people like in the theater with bags on their heads mm-hmm. and he blows them all up. Blows their heads up all at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really messed up I mean, one. pretty messed up, but it, do, it does look cool. Yeah, I mean, to, he's an artist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like great. Like we said, like we said. So after you fight and kill Valentini, your long lost wife, Mira, shows up and tries to take Lily. She looks different. She looks a little different. We'll say that. Uh, (laughs) You didn't know it was her at first. (laughs) What would be the best way of describing Mira, Nikki? Imagine someone that got squirted with a lot of white silly string. White? uh, You say silly? You see, it looks a lot thicker than silly string to me. I'm being PG. Okay. Okay. It's a white goopy consistency. So you... um, Take what you will from that, people. (laughs) Uh, It is, yeah, it is weird looking. On your way to get your daughter back, you encounter Father Theodore. Mm -hmm. He's a fun guy. And he tries to convert you into one of his minions by making you feel bad. Yeah. Which is like what he does. you didn't save Lily, even though you really couldn't have. So Sebastian doesn't fall for it. Mm -mm. He's too smart for that. He's too, too strong a willpower. You then meet a Mobius operative, Esmeralda Torres who tells you about a plan her, Mira, Father Theodore, and Kidman had come up with to stop Mobius once and for all. Yeah, and save Lily. And <laughs> the plan involved, so like I guess Mobius puts brain chips in all of their employees. Mm-hmm. Total normal thing for yeah. a company to do. This uh, is the future. Yeah, and their plan was to use the brain chip to kill everybody <laughs> in the company. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's that's great. Not, probably not a great plan. Let's be real. And for some reason, you know, they didn't put brain chips in Lily. They didn't put brain chips in Sebastian. Yeah. So yeah, you know, all the main good characters are brain chip free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that plan uh, didn't work out. Yeah, <laughs> mostly because some of them turned evil. Like Father Theodore turned evil. I guess from being in in the simulation for so long, it makes you evil or something. I guess so. Because uh, Mira also turned evil, but mm-hmm. like kind of in different ways. Like Father Theodore wanted to like convert people to be his minions, whereas Mira just wanted to protect uh, Lily, mm-hmm. like to a crazy degree, and murder everyone in the process. <laughs> okay, so uh, once you kind of like go through Theodore's stuff, his final boss form is super cool. Like he does this cool like boss rush from the first game. Mm-hmm. You have to fight like, you know, the box head guy. Yeah, you have to like all the villains from the first yeah. game like kind of make a appearance. Kind of a cool comeback. It's it's scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and then you uh, go to confront Mira and she turns into a giant monster and you have to defeat her. And when she is defeated, she turns back into her normal self. So you go to rescue your daughter and your wife decides to stay behind so she can do all the thing. The thing where she kills all the people in Mobius. <laughs> Yeah. This is definitely like a plan where I'm like, okay, there are definitely no good people in Mobius. No good guys. Yeah, right? Like, what about that random secretary? Who's, <laughs> yeah, what about, know? like, the janitors cleaning yeah. the toilet? Like, is he not, like, a decent person? Are person they all evil? It, it doesn't matter. They're all going to die. So, at that point, Kidman executes her side of the plan, which involves, like, just 
shooting like 30 freaking guards in yeah. a hall to get to uh, where Sebastian so his is. body is. So they don't immediately execute them when they come out of the brain machine. Yeah. <laughs> Kidman's plan was the part that made the least sense to me. <laughs> so yeah, let me just kill like all these guards like there'll be guards like standing there shooting at her and she'll just be running by and she'll like shoot twice and like hit them both in the head it's yeah like, she's oh, the best holy crap <laughs> you could do this the whole time why didn't you just do this <laughs> it had to be perfect timing okay so they uh activate the plan everyone in mobius dies sebastian wakes up she gets lily out of the machine and then they go and live happily oh, ever after. Yeah, forever and ever. And then there's that secret shot at the very end. Yeah, where the they think the computer's like dead, right? And it like boots back up. Yeah. So. So the ball was somebody booting it back up. Mm. Was it maybe Kidman? Was it maybe the AI booting itself back up? Ooh. Ooh. Maybe it's Mira still alive in there. I don't know. This is why we need Evil Within 3, man. So many questions. Who booted <laughs> that machine back up? <laughs> it's the biggest one. Yeah. Hopefully they leave Sebastian alone if they do another game because he is clearly very traumatized at this point. <laughs> Poor Sebastian. All right. So pros and cons. All right. Let's start with pros. Yeah. So what's a pro you got, Nikki? This game is scary. Yes. Very creepy. Very scary. Good game for like spooky season or... If you just want to play a good scary game, this is definitely going to scare you. <laughs> Man, it does such a good job with like the audio and mm-hmm. the sound like some of the enemies make. Yeah. And the ambience and the music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, it just adds so much to the horror factor in this yeah, game. They, did. It, they really do amp up the like psychological horror aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, they did such a good job. And then when you hear um, like Claire de Lune play when you get near a mirror, like that's always such like yeah. a relief to hear that. Like, oh, okay, gonna go back to my safe uh, room. Like, yeah, hear a little Claire de Lune. <laughs> yeah, like they did a really good job creating this more. It's not a huge open world, but it's definitely more open world than the last game. In just the environment's creepy. Like they do a really good job with all the characters, all the zombies or all the like whatever you want to call them, <laughs> monsters. Yeah. Like some of them are just so grotesque looking and you're just like <laughs> gross <laughs> barf emoji. <laughs> yeah. Uh one of the ways this game like builds tension to me is the fact that you are so limited and your resources and you really, you can't like confront every monster no. uh, you, you see. Some monsters you're going to have to sneak up on. Some you're going to have to try to sneak by. Mm-hmm. Like you really like that adds to the tension. Like when you're trying to like sneak up on an enemy, enemy from behind. And you're yeah. like, please don't turn around. Please don't turn around. <laughs> For real. Oh my God. And your heartbeat is like. Yeah, I actually have that as like my next pro is like there's a. A lot of variety in the gameplay as far as like what style you want to do, you know, and how you can upgrade your skills based off of how you want to play this game. So if you want to be more sneaky and do a lot of sneak kills, you can upgrade that. That's like a set of skills you can upgrade. Yeah, and that's definitely the route I went. I'm yeah. like I've maxed out stealth before, like <laughs> everything else, just because I was using it so much. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, if if you want to go more of a stamina health route where you're trying to get by them, like that's an option too. Yeah, 
If you just want to, like, try to kill everyone, I mean, that's a route you can try to go for. I mean, like, try to shoot everyone, you know? But, yeah, there's, like, different kinds of ways you can try to play this game that I think is kind of cool. Like, you can upgrade things according to, like, how you want to play. Yeah, it's really nice. And that upgrade screen kind of gives you a break from the horror for a minute. So you Mm -hmm. can just be like, I'm going to go, like... Uh, upgrade my gun for a little bit or figure out what I can upgrade. (laughs) And some of the things, like some of the upgrade skills you can get are really cool. Just different skills where you can do different melee attacks, you know, like there's one where you can take the jar and like hit the zombie with it sometimes. Yeah, these totally useless jars in my opinion that you can actually... Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Every time I try to use them, they didn't work. But yeah, like there's some kind of cool like skill upgrades that you can get yeah and to make those not so useless yeah yeah i I agree so one of the things i really liked were just the creativity and the design of some of the monsters oh yeah like uh, the laughing chainsaw lady with like 20 heads she's kind of like on a spine a thin spine god that's (sighs) yeah she's so creepy like really use the remote control or your controller yeah. sound for her. And it just like made her feel like she was right behind Well, you. for that one ghost lady, like that we were playing at the beginning of the podcast, actually her sound effects, her voices come through your controller and that man, it makes those encounters so much creepier Yeah, when she's like kind of whispering through your controller. I'll be honest. I, I had to turn it off <laughs> for one. It was a little oh, no, creepy I, I kept and, it on. and for the second it got a little loud. So when I was <laughs> playing at night, if I could adjust the volume down a little bit, but I was playing at night when Nikki was asleep, I didn't want to wake her up <laughs> in a creepy way. But yeah, so you have the lady with 20 heads or something. You have the creepy camera monster. Mm-hmm, Obscura. Yeah. God, that thing was. Ugh. Yeah, um, she is creepy. There are those crawly monsters with that that are just like torsos and arms, mm-hmm. almost like and like creepy heads, kind of like from Stranger Things, because they like open up like almost like a flower head sort of thing. Oh yeah, and then those like really really fat guys that like explode when yeah. you get too close to them, right? And they have like twenty arms and like <laughs> boils all over their bodies. Like Yeah. Whenever you ugh. like sneak up on those guys and knife them, I'm like, that probably went like that probably did no damage to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it barely went in. But the, yeah, they get really creative. There's like all kinds of just creepy uh, things. Which monster did you find the creepiest? I, I can go ahead and tell you what mine is. So that one twitchy monster that had like the green uh, kind of gas kind of oozing out of it. The sad monster. Yeah, it kind of. It was, like, was kind of hard. Around and it would like do this moan crying thing. Yeah, I kind of felt bad for that one. <laughs> it kind of almost like sounded like a child or something. Really, kind of like the ring chick, like <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah, but more of a hiccupy yeah. sounding thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's... and then but if it saw you, it would do this really creepy super loud scream thing so yeah. all the zombies around would come that's what made and it, s- it would like kill you in a creepy way that's what too. made it so much more tense is like if you if it saw you it'd wake up all the zombies around too yeah Ugh, yeah i hate that thing uh so what was the one that like you were kind of most afraid of or scared you the most um i forgot her name but it's the the creepy ghost lady that haunts union city and every time you run into her you get a a slide 
Yeah. So you basically, she kind of like pulls you into her memories, sort of, and sh- shows you like a creepy thing, and then you get like thrown back into your reality. Yeah. And, like, and her, I don't know, she's creepy. Her creepy. little mini areas are like, you can't really hurt her at all. So they're all like no. sneak based. So you basically have to sneak around her usually. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really creepy. And there was this one, like, I guess it's sort of like a sneak puzzle thing with her yeah and i probably died like seven <laughs> times and i was like oh my god it was so scary because she kind of like sucks your soul out of you and it's she's like right in your face and uh i also like the amount of weapons you have to choose from you probably yeah. get like 10 weapons overall like after it's all said and done you have like a couple it, of shotguns a couple of handguns yeah you kind of get an arsenal rifle machine gun machine gun you have like a crossbow thing a flamethrower that flamethrower yeah. is a lot of fun i think that's fun and they all serve their different purposes shotgun was personally my favorite because less room for air <laughs> <laughs> it also has that na- knockback function where you can kind of like Okay, I know if I hit them, they're going to be, like, pushed back a little yeah. bit. And sometimes you can hit more than one with one bullet yeah. if they're, like, in a group, you know? Yeah, I can so, kind of group them up. Yeah, I liked all the different kinds of weapons that Actually, one of one of my favorite ones was just the practical one, was just the axe. Just because you could do the same thing. Like, you could, if you timed your hit right, you could actually kill multiple enemies with one hit. Mm-hmm. Like, the axe gives you, like... Okay, if I mess up an encounter, I can still kill the zombie with one melee attack. Yeah. So that was nice. That that was my, like, fail-safe, like, thank God I had that axe (laughs) (laughs) type of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, flamethrower, just for the fun factor, is a lot of, is great, too. Nothing like encountering a whole horde of zombies and just being able to set them all on fire. Yeah, and the flamethrower comes in handy later, too, and you have to fight laura again yeah god that laura makes fight it a lot easier makes it if you so have much easier flamethrower. you can't actually kill her with the flamethrower but you can stun her or no she... you can kill her with the flamethrower you can i thought you had to kill her by using the middle of the room i tried i i went through like all my ammo for it in one fight i read online that you could do oh, it okay. but actually no, it didn't have the flamethrower both times that i okay so you her. may be able to kill her with the flamethrower too it, it does take a lot of ammo though if you want to kill her that way all right. Uh, and then my final pro is just Union itself is super cool. I like the open world aspect of it where you can kind of explore. Mm-hmm. Well, there are parts that are open world. There are parts that are more linear and it kind of yeah. goes back and forth. And I kind of appreciate the mix because sometimes it is nice to kind of like be on a simple single path for a while. But then it is nice for it to open up and explore and yeah and you can get lots of loot i feel like the really scary parts of the game are usually when you're trying to explore yeah you have like a lot of side stories you can kind of unlock like people you can save that ghost chick that we were just talking about the really creepy chick yeah like certain all, parts of the map like will unlock extra stories from her i'm pretty sure all um, her stuff is optional but yeah you're probably gonna wander into it is because <laughs> the first time i played i didn't explore as much and then the second time i explored a lot more and i like found all these extra things that i missed the first time yeah so i think that's kind of cool that you can kind of explore as much or as little as you want to yeah if you Um, just want to like plow through the game like you can do that too and it makes like the replayability for this game i think is pretty high because there's a lot to discover and there is a pretty good difference between like the levels of difficulty 
Uh, I mean, it's got to be good replayability if we both replayed it. Yeah. <laughs> I almost played through it three times, but then I'm like, okay, I need to move on to a different game. <laughs> yeah. uh, I played through it twice. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Yeah. But that being said, I think it's nice. There's three difficulty levels you can choose from. And I also think they did a good job of like bringing back what worked in the first game, but then like adding and replacing stuff that didn't work in the first game. So I think it's a good sequel and the fact that they kept what people liked and what was good and made it better. Yeah, it it did feel like an improvement. Overall, like I really enjoyed the game. It was it was great. I did too. I think the graphics hold up really nicely from it, for it being from 2017. Oh, yeah. Like it looks pretty much up to par with like, you know, games that are coming out now, I feel like. I mean, not as good, but like it still looks really nice. And yeah. Really uh, I like detailed. it. Detailed. And the last thing that I have Oh, we kind of already talked about it, but just like using the controller speaker to add that extra level of creepiness Mm -hmm. to make something feel like it was right next to your body, you know? Yeah, I appreciate it. I think they did a good job in this game, like using that feature. Yeah, I appreciate it that they were kind of sparing with it, but when they did use it, it made the effect even better because they were so sparing with it. Yeah, that's what makes it so good. All right, so cons. My first and most important con and it made me the angriest was that they don't let you pet the cat. You have, a pet, <laughs> you have an awesome black kitty cat that's like in your safe room and they don't let you pet it. Like, what the F? Yeah, I mean... Like, if Animal Crossing can let you pet things, if Disney Dreamlight Valley can let you pet things, <laughs> they couldn't have added a simple pet feature. That's more of a silly con. I actually only have two cons anyway, so... Oh, you only have two? Yeah. You're so nice, Eric. <laughs> but my first one was that the story is kind of a mess. Yeah. Kind of all over the place. Like yeah. Mobius' plan to take over the world with their brain machine doesn't really make any sense. The motivation for kidnapping Sebastian's child seems like a lame excuse to get him back into the brain machine. Mira and Kidman's plan to take down Mobius by killing everyone with a brain chip is just way too convenient. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it that they were trying to wrap things up, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just, I don't know. The story itself wasn't really that great, in my opinion. Yeah, and if I was Sebastian, I would just be questioning things way more than he seems to. You yeah. know, I'm like, this whole time I was like, Lily is not even real. She's probably died. She probably already really died. And they're just pulling your lip. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I didn't believe you. anything that I was told in this game. I have trust issues <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, I thought that I thought there was going to be more of a twist with Lily too, like Lily not being real or Lily. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she really did die, and they just needed to bring him back for some reason, or yeah, because like wouldn't any kid pretty much work then? Like, what's so special about her? Yeah, that, you know? that's what's so convenient in the story. Like, okay, like it happens to be the main, main protagonist mm-hmm. from the first game. Yeah, this child happens to be like yeah the the stablest child in the yeah. world. <laughs> very convenient so that way he has to go back in (laughs) i don't know to me like the story it's not ignorable but it isn't that bad where it detracts from the game itself yeah like it's still a really good game even with the weird story yeah you just you just go with it you're like this is kind of a messed up world crazy stuff happens You just kind of have to go with it, you know? You're on a ride. (laughs) What's another one of your cons? So 
something that kind of bothered me was once you change your difficulty, you can't change it again. So once you move down, you can't move it back up for the rest of the game. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I kind of like being able to move it up and down. I kind of get why they don't let you, but I don't know. I feel like that should be up to the game player to decide if they want to move it up and down at whatever time they want yeah to. i think the reason they did it is because it's such an intensive resource management game yeah where like yeah you could put it down to easy get a bunch of ammo then put it back up to hard mm-hmm. and then hard isn't that hard because you have all this ammo yeah like i kind of get it and that doesn't bother me as much as so once you beat the game you can only play new game plus on the same level of difficulty or lower that you did before. Yeah, you should be able to at least make the zombies harder. Uh, and that really bugged me. So I'm like, I don't really, because like, I kind of just got scared early on and I moved it down because like that one ghost lady was really creepy. <laughs> 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 and then I kind of regretted it because it was like too easy. So that's why I played through it again on like normal. the survival mode, yeah. normal mode. But I was wanting to do that on New Game Plus, but it wouldn't let me. So I basically had to beat it again on survival mode before I could even really check out New Game Plus. So that's why I ended up playing it three times. But I think once you beat it, you should be able to start New Game Plus on whatever difficulty level you want to. Yeah, it's like beating, you know, God of War and then going in the, into the new game on God mode on the hard, yeah. hardest difficulty so you can still give yourself a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of just like, I don't know, kind of made me mad for a second. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Another thing is the weapon interface to me was a little annoying because like, so you open up the weapon interface and it's sort of like a circle. You have to like put the cursor on the weapon and then select it. Like simply putting your cursor on the weapon doesn't select it. So that's a little counterintuitive to me in my gameplay because I would forget to like actually click on it so when i would come back out of the weapons interface i wouldn't have the weapon i thought i had chosen does that make sense (laughs) yeah i to to me that wasn't a big deal you just click the x button when you want the weapon yeah but it was like why can't i just like put the arrow on it and then that be what i've have probably because you can accidentally move that arrow really easily i guess so but yeah for me it was an issue because i would like go in and think i'd had switched my weapon and then go back to the fighting and then like crap it didn't like i didn't do it and then i get like attacked you know because i didn't have a weapon (laughs) okay so i mean i don't know that's just something that kind of bothered me i feel like they could have just made that better probably but Mm. i don't know one last thing is i and this might just be because it's an older game, but like picking up loot and stuff is kind of laggy and slow. Yeah, like, it takes forever to pick. Like if you have like three items like right in front of you, you have to like hit X, like slowly pick it up and then wait for the, the X to refresh and then hit X again. And then, yeah, yeah, so it if just, it's a bag with like three items in it, it's going to take you like half a minute to pick up those three things instead of just like letting you pick up everything all at once if your inventory allows it you know or it could just be faster but i don't know that could just be because the game is from 2017 so i don't know yeah so for me for my last con i feel like the game gets significantly less scary towards the end of the game this might be more of just my opinion but 
I feel like all the scariest enemies and stuff are all towards the beginning. And then the late game enemies are like, okay, you got a flamethrower guy. You got guys who occasionally like put themselves on fire and they're tough enemies, but they're just not, not as scary. And I think part of it too is like all the light they generate makes the game less dark. Mm -hmm. So like, as you get towards the very end of the game, you get into these like much brighter areas so I feel like it was a little bit anticlimactic as far as like it being scary. Yeah, I could kind of see that. I think it is scary throughout the game. You yeah. know, I think the the Theodore Father Theodore fight is really creepy when they bring all the bosses back. Yeah, from the his boss fight. Game four. His boss fight was really good, but the um, just like just the enemies, the general enemies, I feel like get less scary. They're just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're hard enemies to beat. Like, uh, the fire guys are kind of tough. And then the flamethrower guys take they just forever don't to look kill. As, well, the flamethrower guy looks creepy, but I can kind of see maybe not as scary as some of them. Yeah. And like I said, I think it has to do with all the light they're generating because like part of what was scary was, you know, you having that little flashlight <laughs> yeah. to point, point around at stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you really don't need it at the end of the, towards the end of the game because <laughs> everything just gets so bright in the environments. And while I do think Myra is creepy, but. She's just not as scary, I guess, probably because I know she's my wife for yeah. some reason. I don't know. She just wasn't as, I wasn't as fearful of her yeah. as some of the other. To me, the game, the late part of the game just feels rushed. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to the, to the element of like you not being able to pet the cat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like <laughs> if they hadn't rushed it, they would have been able to add that element. Yeah. And when you get to the end, you're like switching back and forth between Sebastian like kind of running around not really fighting anyone or anything and then you have kidman who's fighting all these guards and stuff but it's very much a routine kind of like not really any kind of skill involved in the end when yeah. they're flipping back and forth like when you're shooting as kidman you have like unlimited ammo and it's just uh, they, they, not very hard they, to kill those yeah. when you're hurt like that part's not very hard it's not you know I see what they were trying to do. They were trying to make the the end really like exciting, exciting. Yeah. Where you're not just like running with the child. You're also playing from Kidman's point of view, exactly. where you're shooting a bunch of people. Which too. I did like that. Like it did feel like okay, you know, exciting. Yeah. But it just wasn't really skill based. You know. Yeah. Like you're just kind of playing through a movie, sort of, and not like the game, like how you had been. Yeah, I agree. That goes back to the it feels rushed. <laughs> yeah, it would have been cool if there would have been more swapping throughout the whole game. You know, like if you got to play more as Kidman throughout, like doing missions in Mobius and stuff. Well, it wasn't revealed till like almost the end of the game that she was actually on your side. Like you thought most of the game that like, okay, Kidman was super yeah. shady for a while. But I don't really think that was that big of a... <gasps> Yeah, oh my god you know oh, it turns like, out kidman's actually on your side yeah yeah so eric you got some strategy tips for the folks out there uh just real quick yeah just even with those guns man the game was still great yeah still recommend it <laughs> those are, i really like it those are more minor cons in my opinion yeah okay yeah strategy so for me, stealth is super important in this game mm-hmm. because it allows you to kill enemies by sneaking up behind them, uh, which allows you to save ammo. 
and I, you know, in some cases, gain ammo if they're dropping like uh, gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> so the funny, for some reason, the funniest thing was when the guys who like occasionally are on fire drop gunpowder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, shouldn't you have blown up already? Yeah. Um, if you're carrying gunpowder, right, okay, whatever. So yeah, that that's one of the reasons I, like I said, I put a lot of my upgrades into stealth. Mm-hmm. Did you also go more of a stealth route? Um, not necessarily like the last playthrough i did a lot more stealthy stuff but i don't know it was kind of like a mix between shoot them sometimes and sneak up on them sometimes whereas you were kind of like sneak up always (laughs) yeah you know if you can sneak up like even if you have like two or three if you can kill one of them that way yeah you still save the ammo from having to kill that one guy i will say it did not pay off like it is a better strategy to be sneaky because when I got to the very last boss fight, I was kept running out of ammo and I had to wait, wait for, for the game to, to basically give me more ammo. Yeah, like, spawn spiders. Yeah. yeah. And that was really hard. I was like, ah, like completely out. Dang. Like n- n- no options but to wait. But it, it worked out eventually. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it was a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Another thing is like be very thorough when you're searching. Like a lot of the loot is hidden you know so just kind of look around look behind things under things look up at the ceiling you know stuff like that they like to be sneaky with where they put the cool stuff yeah and to backpack onto that being thorough make sure you go through all the dialogue tree options with all the other people because that's how you get the side quests oh yeah so if you don't like fully talk to everybody you won't get some of those yeah the the important side quests that you can do that Mm -hmm. they give you more ammo and stuff like that yeah because i did that like uh, on my second playthrough i didn't like fully talk to o'neill so i never got the like one of the first side missions Uh, so i'm like why am i not being able to do all this extra stuff (laughs) i I know i know i'm supposed to be doing and then i'm like oh let me go back and talk to him and that's when it generated the side quest oh okay okay so so make sure you talk to everybody yeah good tip Another uh, thing I have is like check out the soda machines. <laughs> yeah. I know you might be it might that's a random tip, but like if you walk up to them, you can hit them and sometimes cool stuff like a fuse will come out or green goo or something important usually will come out for you. Yeah, if you don't hit it too many times though. Yeah. Or like bad stuff will come out like body parts and yeah, that's true. Like, uh, generally just, like, one time. I know the machine. first game, like, would drop grenades. I didn't see that in this game, but <laughs> no. I also knew not to hit the vending machines too many times. Yeah. So. One of my pieces of advice is uh, sometimes enemies will pop out at you. Mm-hmm. It might, like, crawl out from under a car or slowly stand up or something. And even though you're probably the one who triggered them to do this, a lot of times the game hasn't registered that they've seen you yet when they're doing this animation, Mm -hmm. even though they make that scream like they've seen you. If you're close enough to the enemy when this is happening, you can actually just like go into sneak mode and get behind it, like position yourself behind it and just immediately get like a sneak kill. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of, it's kind of like counter. It's favorite. It's kind of counterintuitive because the first thing you think is like, Oh, this guy has seen me. I better like pull my gun out and shoot it or run away. When really it's yeah. like still getting up and you're just like, okay, I'll just try to position myself behind <laughs> it. And also if you are going to use your ammo, if you're going to shoot, if you aim for the head, it does a lot more damage yeah. than hitting their body, which I guess that's kind of like common sense, but 
it's a big difference between hitting them in the head and like shooting them in the body, like the amount of ammo you use. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It might be like five, six bullets if you're shooting them in the torso and it's just like two, if you just try to hit them in the head. Yeah. You'll get that critical damage bonus, which is like a pretty big bonus. And then you can increase that in your RPG elements, the stats or whatever. Yeah. Do you have any other strategy? I'll just say that like in pretty much any area of the game, you can use your radio to track signals. And these signals can lead you to like the fallen Mobius soldiers Mm -hmm. who will usually have pretty decent stuff. Usually like an ammo pack or something that will allow you to hold more ammo. Yeah, pouch. Pouch, yeah. Or ammo. Or ammo itself. um, Yeah. A health shot or whatever. Yeah. So that's pretty helpful. And um, the radio signals will lead you to, to the other like main main game events too but mm-hmm. I, f- I thought it was cool that if you get close enough to one of the down mobius soldiers you can kind of find them with that yeah and they brought back those um little angel statues so oh yeah be on the lookout for those if you're playing because like you can break them and a key will come out which will give you extra stuff when you're in your safe room some of them you'll be able to find just by kind of naturally exploring and others are just really hard to find yeah. like they'll be like on the tops of buildings or like mm-hmm. on like telephone poles or, yeah. <laughs> or traffic lights or something like that yeah where you have to like look up and that's yeah. why i say always look up in this game because they put a lot of stuff like on the ceiling and stuff so yeah uh, that's pretty much all i had yeah that's all i got also so did you find anything for the future i found one thing but it wasn't necessarily a great thing yeah what did you find well the one good thing i saw was that in the game hi-fi rush there was an easter egg that hinted like at a potential new sequel sequel yeah it's like uh in the game there's like the thing like a headline that says like popular like a little news alert thing at the bottom of the yeah screen. popular horror game gets sequel or something yeah. like that but then there was also a negative story Uh oh um so the main uh guy behind the series senji mikami uh, who you were mentioning in the past section. Yeah. Well, I think around February, he actually left Tango uh, Gameworks. Mm-hmm. So uh, that might be a sign that either it's not going to be the same or as good, or maybe they're not even going to make another Evil Within game. Oh, because if the main guy leaves, yeah. you know, it's kind of like why they haven't done any new Metal Gear games since Kojima True. left. And Eric, I actually have a surprise game bonus game that i want to play with you real quick during the future section (laughs) well well, this is a new section well not a new permanent section but it's a new added section (laughs) (laughs) before we stop talking about this game and it's called bruce or sebastian bruce or sebastian yeah are you ready to play (laughs) wait bruce what from what (laughs) And how it works is I'm going to read you a quote and you're going to tell me if you think Sebastian said it or if you think Bruce Willis said it as one of his many action characters. That he's been. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Okay. okay, so I'll read a quote and you just simply say if you think it's Bruce Willis character or Sebastian. Okay. The Evil Within games. It could be either of the Evil Within games, the first or the second one. Okay. You're really going to test me on this. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Let's go. All right. First quote. Just give me some real fresh air. Sebastian. Ding. 
You got it right. Nice. Good job. Quote number two. I've got enough friends. Hmm. I'm going to say Bruce Willis. Yes. Ding. Good job. What character movie? That is from Die Hard 2. I forgot his name in that movie. <laughs> I should have read it down. Bruce Willis from Die Hard 2. If you're a Die Hard fan, you know. Oh, John McClane. Yeah, John McClane. Sorry, I my bad. That. I didn't know that either. Off the top of my head. All right. All right. Go for it. A Kansas City shuffle is when everybody looks right, you go left. Bruce Willis? Ding! <laughs> Right. That was his character from Lucky Number Slevin. <laughs> <laughs> never saw that movie. If I get out of this alive, I'm never riding an elevator again. Sebastian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I remember when Ding. he said that line. <laughs> okay, you're too good at this game. <laughs> killing it. All right. I'm just an ordinary man. God, that's such a generic thing. <laughs> I'm going to say Bruce Willis just because I'm sure he said it at some point in one of his many movies. Yeah, that was Bruce Willis from Unbreakable. Okay. All right. Right? So powerful they have to kidnap a washed up ex-cop to help them. Definitely Sebastian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're like winning too hard at this game. Sorry, babe. All right, and last, I don't fucking believe this. Another basement? Another elevator? How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say Sebastian. Ooh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. That was a trick one because, you know, he mentioned the elevator. Yeah. I thought that would trick you. Good That's job. actually... John McClane from Die Hard, Die Hard like one or whatever. Uh, okay, yeah. Anyways, I just, <laughs> while I was playing this, I thought some of the quotes he was saying, I was like, this sounds like, you know, a generic action star quote. So I thought it would be kind of a fun Yeah, quiz. I feel like you could have thrown in some other action stars. You could have thrown in like The Rock or you could, could have thrown in like Vin Diesel or yeah. something. I didn't want to make it too complicated yeah because then what do you name the game you know bruce or sebastian that's a good name (laughs) (laughs) that is a good name anyways i hope uh the audience enjoyed that little extra game okay yeah all right i bet you're wondering how i did in my challenge (sighs) yeah i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) all right so I had to get the uh, stick it in my veins trophy, uh-huh. which involved fully upgrading Sebastian. Yeah. Thankfully, super powerful. you don't have to do it all in one playthrough. You can just do New Game Plus and keep working on them. Yeah, it's actually you can't do it in one regular playthrough. You no, don't get there's enough, not enough stuff. Yeah. You don't get enough goo. Not enough goo. <laughs> so if you're trying to do it in the one first playthrough, through, go ahead and stop. <laughs> <laughs> just move on to New Game Plus and do it there. But yeah, I, I got it pretty pretty early on into the second playthrough. Yeah, new game plus to the point where I had so much good at the end of the game because <laughs> I was still gathering. Did you ever it get over to, a million? No, nah, it was uh, like three hundred thousand or four hundred thousand. Okay, not even with close. Just so much of it. <laughs> Same thing with weapon parts. Eventually, once I get every got everything upgraded, I had so many weapon parts. At yeah, the end of the true. Game. But you feel so powerful. Yeah. You're great. like, I'm a god. The <laughs> best part about having everything fully upgraded is the zombies that are on the ground. 
you can just shoot them once in the head with your handgun and they would pretty much die. Nice. It's like most of the time that would be enough to kill them. I'm like, wow, that's (laughs) great. So are you excited to get to hear what your next game is going to be? Yeah. So excited. Do you want to make... Not really, I am. Do you want to make any guesses? Mm, It's going to be Hi-Fi Rush. (laughs) (laughs) You guess that every time. I need to go back and finish it. (laughs) I was just thinking, you know, we did like a scary game. Maybe we, we could switch it up and do something happy. Well, it's still October, so... And even though this next episode isn't going to come out in October, maybe a little bit past, I feel like we should do another scary game, oh, but but okay. a totally different type of scary game. Oh, okay. So that was that you, right. you chose more of an action third person shooter. Yes. Stealth game. And this is a card roguelike puzzle game. <laughs> okay. I could probably. What's it called? It's called Inscription. All right. I'm really excited about it. Inscription. Do you want to hear what your challenge is? Um, yeah, for sure. I like this challenge a lot. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, f- are you getting creative over there? <laughs> yeah. From the main menu, start a new game. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just start a new game. From the main menu, do you not get the main menu like when you initially start the game? No, you get the main the main menus there. All right. That sounds weird. That sounds like a weird challenge, Eric. Yeah. I mean, you'll see. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, I guess I'll ho- see. Hopefully you'll see. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Till next time. It's been fun. It's been <laughs> so fun. All right. Bye. Bye. like this episode please leave us a review on apple Podcasts. rate us on spotify we have a really cool website pressanybutton.net where we recently added merch so if you want to press any button coffee mug t-shirt you can get that so yeah and as always let us know what you think about the game and we'd love to hear from you bye